Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 6. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome, leaders. I'm your co-host, Aaron. Today, we are going to be talking with Jesse about what motivates you as a leader and what motivates those on your team. That's right, Aaron. This is a fascinating topic, I think, for any leader. It's always good to know what makes you tick and what makes other people tick so that you can best uh, reach out to them, influence them, inspire them. Uh, and also, you know, just understanding yourself makes you uh, more able to work with your strengths, to, to take advantage of the strengths that you have. And today we're going to be talking about what's known as the motive theory of behavior. There are different theories based on psychology and personality that are helpful as a leader. One that we are, a lot of us are familiar with are Myers-Briggs understanding that profile, also the DISC profile. And those are really have a lot to do with your preferences. When you are approaching different situations or people, what do you like best? What are you most comfortable in? They're based on your conscious perception of yourself. And so if somebody says, like, for example, Aaron, you are on the DISC profile, you are a, a, a C, uh, maybe a, you're a, D, a DC, uh, mostly D, but have some C as well. And I explained to you what the D means and what the C means. That's going to sort of sound naturally correct to you. Oh, yeah, I get that. That, that That's me, all right. So it, it kind of has a, a high face value. The motive theory is more subconscious, but it has been found by researchers to have a much higher level of predictability. So if I know what actually motivates you subconsciously, or if you know what motivates you subconsciously, I'm going to be able to better predict how you're going to perform in certain situations. Most of this research has been done by a, a group called uh, Burnham, Burnham Rosen out of Boston, but it's been, it started several decades ago by a researcher named David McClellan, and then David Burnham was his research partner. He's still actively involved in this work today as the, the leader of Burnham Rosen. What they discovered after evaluating hundreds of thousands of people all around the world is that there are 300 different specific types of motives that people have, different things that motivate people, which sounds kind of overwhelming. Oh, how, am mm -hmm. I, how would you really be able to read people or understand people? But what they discovered is there are of all those 300, there are three that affect more than 80% of us all around the world. And that's whether you're rich or poor in a developed country, an undeveloped country, more than 80% have just three of these. And then if you look at uh, corporate America as an example, it's over 90%. So basically, there's a good chance that anyone listening to our podcast is going to have one of these three as their top uh, motive. Okay. And similarly, as I was describing the disc profile earlier, and I said you're you're a high D, but you've got some C as well. You're gonna you can have 
more than one of these as well. Okay, so of those top three, the first one is achievement. If you're motivated by achievement, that means that you are, you really get a kick out of completing tasks, of doing things well, doing them efficiently, of competing, uh, of being, doing something unique, and of advancing your career. So, uh, for example, a very well-known book that uh, an achievement-oriented person would, would really love to read and put in, in place is the book Getting Things Done by David Allen. Getting things done is exactly what the achievement person is is focused on. Recently, I had to laugh when recently I heard on Michael Hyatt's podcast as he was talking about some of his strengths, he mentioned that he is an achiever and he's the kind of guy that he always works from a to-do list and if he gets something done that day that wasn't on his to-do list, he'll actually go ahead and write it on his to-do <laughs> list so he can check it off. <laughs> Sounds familiar. And that, so that it would be a kind of a classic uh, characteristic of somebody who is motivated by achievement. And the second of these motives is affiliation. Affiliation is, has to do with wanting to be liked or accepted. So if, if achievement would, an achievement person would want to read the book Getting Things Done, uh, an affiliation person would want to read at least part of the book How to Win Friends and Influence People. They'd be interested in that first half, How to Win Friends. They, they're not necessarily trying to be the most popular because the most popular person is also probably going to be hated by some people that are jealous of them. The, an, an affiliation-oriented, motivated person really wants to be liked or accepted by everyone and is going to place a high value on close personal relationships. And the third of the three most common primary motives is impact. Impact is about wanting to influence people and to make a difference. So the impact person is still going to pick up how to win friends, but it's because of the second half of that title, and influence people. An impact person would also be interested in a book that just came out this year called The Power of Communication, uh, which is all about how a leader can use communication to influence other people. So that's that, that having that kind of influence or impact or power is all about this, is what this third motive is all about. So are any of these motives better or worse? Not necessarily, no, but they are better or worse in ter- depending on what you want to do with your life. For example, your if you your calling or your career, the the motive that subconsciously drives you has a huge impact on how you perform. And and, and a psychologist can actually analyze you and say, "Okay, you you're motivated by achievement and I would not encourage you to take this job because I don't think you'll be Successful, you, you may be average, but you're not going to be an above average, a high performer. But the, but based on what I know about you, you, you I would re- recommend you go into one of these jobs because you could be a very high performer there. Uh, someone motivated by achievement is generally, th- they would be successful in something like sales or uh, any kind of entrepreneurial role. They're good as entrepreneurs because they're, they're very oriented to get things done, to achieve things. And they are careful about how much risk that they'll take. One of the big reasons that businesses fail, that entrepreneurial ventures fail, is because the person is actually too risky. 
And an achievement-oriented person is actually more balanced. They're not risk-averse. They're willing to, to take a risk, but they're, they're pretty balanced about it. It's a calculated risk. So what kinds of careers would better suit someone who is affiliation-oriented? Affiliation-motivated people tend to do very well in helping professions. For example, a, a nurse, a social worker, a clinical psychologist, maybe a teacher or a minister. What about those who are impact-motivated? What kinds of careers might suit them? I think most of our listeners are going to be interested in the impact motive because ha- having that motive as a driver tends to make you an above average leader or any kind of influencer. So for example, an author, an artist, an architect, uh, a thought leader, um, or any really any kind of leader is going to be more successful if they are driven by the impact motive. So Aaron, you're a co-host of this podcast. Uh, you're, you also, on a part-time basis, uh, work on the Aspendale Communications team. But you also have are, are very successful with uh, as the primary host of your own podcast and where you have uh, uh, hundreds of people listening to you each time. And so you are... And a leader for those people. Uh, as a teacher. As um, a teacher. Yep, I am sharing information with those who don't, who don't have that information yet. Kind of um, introducing new ideas even, if they have some information maybe expanding on that. Mm-hmm. You, you are kind of a, a walking encyclopedia, and you're always very uh, forthcoming with suggestions for other people and... Um, you know, wanting to help people True. know what the know how to put take an action on something. So yeah. it, it might be more impact related because an, an impact person is wanting to share ideas and and make a difference in people's lives, make some kind of a, an impact, and just in general have an influence over other people. And that that that's what drives somebody to be an author or any kind of a, a thought leader. Uh, and I think those would be similar to what would drive somebody to be a, a podcaster. So that leads me to wonder, can you have more than one of those primary motives? Absolutely. In fact, I have t- taken a workshop uh, produced by Burnham Rosen and and went through their analysis. And if you sort of graph where I am on the, on the I have some of all three motives. Um, I'm highest on impact, and w- when they graph it, they start on the over on the left with achievement, and I'm kind of middle of the road achievement. So I do have kind of I, there is a certain to a certain extent achievement does motivate me. My affiliation is pretty low, which surprised me. Again, it's subconscious stuff. So I I thought I would be higher on the affiliation. I thought I had I did have a need to feel accepted and approved. We all do have those feelings, but that doesn't mean it necessarily drives my behavior. Um, but my the impact is way high, so I'm kind of like a check mark. Starts in the middle, goes down, and then comes up. And what's one thing that's interesting is these are sort of wired into you, starting by you know roughly age nine or ten or eleven, and molding throughout your teenage years, and roughly the time you're you know twenty ish, uh, somewhere in there. It's kind of locked in place. 
and not likely to change. It's sort of, uh, you can change your behaviors and you can change some of the way you think, but your default default mode will always kind of bring you back to that wiring that was in place by the time you're in your late teens or early 20s. What's interesting, and, and perhaps the better way to look at it is why is this important? You know, Is it important just so that you choose the right career or... Uh, or that you stay away from that career uh, or activity. And it's no, it's, I think if you look at what you're doing, and again, if we just sort of make an assumption that anybody who's listening to the show is probably interested in being a leader, being a better communicator, uh, better having, having stronger influence or healthier influence over other people, you, sh- the, the, the thought processes that may, that, that go into this, impact motive are going to make you better at what you do. So for example, if you are if you notice uh, when you're putting together your your podcast or you're producing your podcast, if you notice that you are having thoughts that sound more like an affiliation type thinking or an achievement type thinking, th- those are going to make you less effective, less impactful as a as a thought leader on, on your podcast. If you are thinking, can be thinking more about what difference is this going to make for people? Why do they need this? How, how what will this change in their lives or in their circumstances? Th- that will that will cause you to be more effective in in both you how you plan for that and the quality level that you produce. As we saw in episode four, when we talked about mirror neurons and empathy. The thought processes that you're having is going to get picked up on by your audience subconsciously, and if they are, if you're thinking a certain way, they're more likely to mirror that, and they're more likely to be uh, open to what you have to say and open to uh, your influence. So why is it important to know what the primary motive or motives of your team members are? I think it's also helpful to notice what seems to be mode driving the people on your team and think about is that appropriate for their position. So for example, let's say you are a leader of salespeople and you notice that they are all kind of achievement oriented people and you then you can say, well, that's pretty appropriate. Salespeople ought to be motivated by achievement. That tends to make them successful. But let's say that you are a, a national sales leader and your direct reports are sales managers. And so they're actually leaders of salespeople. So now they're not salespeople. Well, what often makes somebody successful in, in their job is going to get them promoted and maybe promoted to a position that now is, you know, requires a different set of characteristics. So these people may have been great at salespeople because they're achievement oriented, but now they are leaders and now being achievement oriented is not appropriate. And, and so if you can observe that and then teach them to think more in terms of impact and having an influence over others. And, um, and, and I think we'll, we should spend another, another episode uh, diving deeper into the impact motive and what makes you more effective in that motive. For example, emotional intelligence, EQ, is extremely important with the impact motive. 
And people that are high in the impact motive, by the way, tend to just naturally have higher emotional intelligence. But yet that is something that can be learned. So you can become more effective at that. Within that impact motive, there are different stages. There's actually four different stages of your, uh, your maturity as a leader. And for the sake of time, I, I don't want to use today to describe that all four of those stages. But I will say that the, the third stage is known as imperial leadership. And that is more of the command and control style of leader. And the fourth stage, the most mature, is known as interactive leadership, which is which was defined by again Burnham and Rosen, and that is more of a facilitative, a coaching leader. Uh, someone they're not command and control; they're more they're going to help the they they see that their role is helping the team perform better or to come up with the the appropriate solutions. And they don't see the magic as them. They're, they're, the magic is the team. And what the research has shown was there was a point in time when that stage three imperial leader was the most effective. If you think back to the 50s and 60s, uh, corporate America, that style of leadership was very, very successful. When you fast forward to the 90s and then you get into the 21st century, we see that that uh, the research shows that the most effective leaders are the stage four leaders. They're more interactive. That command and control is no longer effective in a world that's global, that you have all sorts of different cultures working together, that you have uh, more of a div- diversity in terms of ma- uh, masculine and feminine uh, personalities, uh, genders in the in the workforce. If you remember the fact that you really are always communicating and leading, regardless of what role you are in life, you you are always influencing other people. That shows the importance of staying in the in the impact motive as opposed to achievement or affiliation. Let me give you an example. Even though we uh, we said that people who are high in achievement tend to be very good at sales, I would argue that in this day and age, you're you're going to actually be better as a salesperson, if you can practice some of the uh, of the motive of the impact thinking, for example, when you go to buy a car or clothes, and a salesperson comes over to to help you, do you really want a salesperson who is totally achievement oriented? That they're just thinking about the quota they got to meet. They're trying to beat out the other salespeople. They want to close the sale as as efficiently and effectively as possible. Or do you want a consultative salesperson that's going to help you reach a place where you're going to be happy? Right. Yeah, I'd much rather end up with something I'm happy with and feel feel good about that. And and in the 21st century, that type of salesperson is going to be more successful because they're going to get the repeat customers. You know, this is a day and age with social media where feedback is 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 happening all the time, where you know everything is based on reviews and ratings, and so. When you have that kind of experience, wow, that salesperson was a consultative salesperson, very helpful. They 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 made a they made a difference in my buying. You know, they they saw this wasn't just an opportunity to make a sale. This was an opportunity to help me achieve something that was important to me, and we and we did that mutually. Another example, just to kind of go in a completely different direction, if you think about. 
the type of books that you enjoyed the most or that you really remember um, and, and contrast those with others. So for example, let's say you, um, I'll describe a book and I'm sure this will, you'll think of books like this, where it was clear that the person who wrote it just felt like they, they for whatever reason, they, they needed to write a book and they needed to hit at least, you know, 500 uh, five fifty thousand words, or however long a book is supposed to be, three hundred pages, or something like that. And um, their whole goal was then to get you to buy that book. So, you buy you buy that book, they're done. They're just whew, I can check that off. But you know that kind of book has no soul. I mean, you just it's like whew, it's, they're dry. They may have some information in it, but it 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 doesn't actually change you. And then there's another kind of book where the Author is obviously totally concerned that you like them. They're they're polite and fluffy, and they're afraid of offending you. So there's there's no meat to it. But then there's a the kind of book that really affects you. You know whether regardless of whether it's short or long, it could be a a, a very short book, and yet it really makes a difference because that author has something really important to say, and they they figure out what the core is and they figure out a way to say that that really gets through to you and has an impact to you. So it that's a book with heart. It's a book that can change you. Okay, so that first book is obviously achievement-oriented. They want you to buy it. The second one is affiliation-oriented. They just want you to like them. And then that impact book, though, that really those are the meaningful books that we really tend to hold on to that really do change something about the way we think or the way we do things. Right. And so you may not often think of an author as being a leader. You may just think of them as somebody who's sharing information. But that author used the impact uh, thinking patterns and they really were motivated to make an impact in your life. And so there's all these other, all these areas of your life, whether it's related to your career or uh, related to your personal life. Uh, another example, you know, I'm very passionate about participating in triathlons and half marathons. And I even, there, there's a part of that that's even competitive. I'm, uh, I, I, I do it with some friends and family and we, you know, try to beat each other and we're always trying to beat our last time. But that is, that's not true achievement orientation that's we just sort of are doing that number one because it's it's healthy for us number two because we see it's healthy for these other people that we care about and so we're really encouraging them to to do these uh, activities it's a good example for our kids and and then you know from conversations with me how i'm just so proud that i helped um i helped inspire several people to to do this when they weren't, they, they it wasn't even on their radar screen before, and and how much better they feel about themselves and how much healthier they are for after participating in these for a couple of years. So it seems like a competitive event, but it's really all about impact. And impact again is about influencing others and making a difference. Now, uh, next time we're going to be interviewing uh, Helio Fred Garcia about his book, The Power of Communication. But the episode after that, episode eight, we are going to look at how to move your impact up to stage four leadership. I think it's important to remember that you are always communicating and leading. And it's important to to realize the the difference between impact and achievement and affiliation, those motives, and to be 
practicing the thought patterns of the impact motive. Okay, thank you, Jesse. That's all the time we have this week. We hope you'll join Engaging Leader again next time when we talk to Helio Fred Garcia, author of the book, The Power of Communication, Skills to Build Trust, Inspire Loyalty, and Lead Effectively. Have a great week. If you like our show, please rate us on iTunes. That makes a huge difference in helping more people discover it. Go to engagingleader.com slash iTunes. We would love to know your thoughts about this episode. You can leave comments on our show notes at engagingleader.com or connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, where I am at Jesse Leahy. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers on internal communication strategies. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Arthur Hankey, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Rick Terrence, our announcer, and Christopher Seal, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, whether you realize it or not, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of our opportunities to engage the people we care about. We'll be right back.